Ernest, what's up? Y'all know I'm big on doing your research, sharing your research, and giving credit to where you found the research. But I always get asked the same question. Where do I start with the research? And the answer is easy. It's our sponsor, Yahoo Finance. Whether I'm tracking the daily movement of my favorite companies, doing technical analysis with their easy-to-use charting platform, or checking balance sheets, Yahoo Finance makes something very complex simplified. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or you're looking for extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They're the number one finance destination producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. You could actually securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including your 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors. And it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. With a community of over 90 million users each month, their real strength is helping you on your way to financial success. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com. The number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com. You heard me, yahoofinance.com. Don't wait, don't hesitate. I use it. You should go over there and start using it now. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow. I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. All right, guys. Welcome back. Another exciting episode. This is International yeah. Edition. Is we <laughs> Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think perfect. so. We, we, we're crossing... Um, the, the border. The northern border. Yeah, it took Corona to cross the border. It took, <laughs> it took Corona to cross the border. So, you know, we got we have a very large listenership in Canada. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Toronto. That's like our main hub. But but we also have a lot of listeners in all over Canada, mm-hmm. but Montreal specifically. Yeah, yeah. In Montreal. So if you're familiar with Canada, there's the English side, the French side. So the French province is Quebec. And they speak French and they speak English. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a it was an interesting experience when we went there because it's a good road trip. Yeah, everybody <laughs> speaks French. Like it's 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 like it's the same country as Toronto, but it's it's really different culturally. It's more mirrored around France's culture, where Toronto isn't. Um, so to, I say that to say, Canada is a very interesting place. We love Canada. It's one of our favorite places in the world. Big up on ourselves. Um, so this was something that was long overdue to have, a, um, you know, our first Canadian guest. So without further ado, oh, and also, also, I have to big up um, Haiti as well because. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, so we also have a very large listenership in the Caribbean. Yeah, we've been on the top charts in like all the Caribbean countries. I'm not sure where we placed in Haiti, 
but I know Jamaica, Trinidad, Barbados, um, you name it, Bahamas. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure we got a lot of support in Haiti as well. Um, St. Lucia. St. Lucia, Lucia, for sure. So shout out to the Haitian massive Sapase. Yeah, Naboule. Yes, yes, yes. To all of the Haitians all over the, all over the diaspora and all over the world. And so our guests today are both Haitian and Canadian. Mm-hmm. So they fit both of those pockets, yeah. our first international <laughs> guests. So Stephen Charles and Miriam Jean Baptiste, um, a couple out of Montreal, Canada, and they have a liquor brand. Yeah. So the liquor brand is interesting. The liquor industry is interesting. It's a multi-billion dollar industry that um, we haven't really covered. A shout out to Nick Storm. He covered it from like the marketing yeah, aspect as far as Ciroc is yep. concerned, but... We haven't spoke to anybody that had their own liquor brand. Owns their own liquor. Yeah, yeah. it's not easy to own a liquor brand. That's what he said. Not easy to own anything but a liquor. But especially a liquor exactly. brand as well. So, mm-hmm. L.S. Crim. Crim. Liquor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. L.S. Cream. L.S. Cream. L.S. Cream. Yeah. Liquor. Um, is, is is the name is the name of the brand, and the the liquor is Cremas. 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 We got it. And um, yeah, so. It's it's uh, a milky, like uh, it's like a, a a holiday drink that is and yours is, is filled with nut, nutmeg, which makes it uh, very unique. Um, so like each island in the West Indies has its own holiday drink. Um, uh, you know, Coquito is big in the and, Hispanic and Latino yeah, communities. Shout out to PR, shout out to DR, shout out to all my, my Jamaicans. We just like to do rum punch, um, to be honest with you. But <laughs> but it's it's similar in, in that category of a creamy type liquor. Yes, yeah. So first of all, um, thank you guys for joining us. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Congratulations on all the success. It's, it's amazing to see you guys grow. No, I appreciate thank it. I appreciate it. So, all right, let's get into it. So, all right, you guys have a liquor brand, and you're distributing it, and you're distributing it in the United States and Canada. So where does it start? Because this is an interesting story, because um, even when we had Chef Calvin on, shout out to Chef Calvin, yeah. and he has a coquille, um and he's he's Dominican. And so I was saying that, you know, a lot of times, especially people from the islands like Troy, he's Jamaican. So I go over his house all the time. And during the holiday, his mom makes rum punch. And it's very common for people to make, you know, liquors um, in their house, their grandmother, their mother, their aunts. That's like a very common thing, like I said, especially among people from the islands. But not, you don't really see it turn into a business a lot of times. It's just like a family thing, holidays, stuff like that. And you see like Bacardi and all of these brands. Blowing up. And they just control the market. Mm-hmm. So, how did how did you guys get into the spirits industry from a manufacturing standpoint? Um, well, it's it's a funny story, right? So before that, I was in finance, right? I was a I was a mortgage specialist, and basically, I, <laughs> exactly as you said, um, uh, one holiday. A few years ago, basically, I saw um, uh, my my in-laws, basically, I was at my in-laws, and I saw them give a bottle of cremas. Like, I saw a bottle of cremas, and I saw something special about it because um, I, I thought to myself, this product is so good. And, you know, over here, we got a lot of different different cultures, right? So we have a lot of white people, Jamaicans, Caucasians, and whatever, so forth, right? So, and all those people would like that homemade cremas, right? But they would always need to have somebody make it for them. They could not purchase it at the store. And we grew up with this recipe, me and Miriam, and we were like, well, maybe it would be time to have this delicious recipe be available on the shelf. And that's basically where you start to do your research. And 
and, and get into it, basically. So, and and I think that, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead Miriam. Go. No, no, I was just saying that it's really the fact, I think what really spiked our eyes was the fact that um, it was not only those requests were not only coming from, like, our Haitian friends or, or Caribbean friends, like, or Italian friends were like, please, you ask your mom to do a bottle for me. Please <laughs> ask your grandma to do a bottle for me. So there was definitely a, a, a niche there that we, there, were, there was a gap that we needed to fill. So, yeah. I think also what when it comes into like going to that market, first thing uh, we looked at was the cream category was pretty dormant when you think about it. So if you ask anybody in the street, uh, name me a cream liquor or a cream or a cream brand, they're gonna say Bailey's, right? right? You know. So so that's basically what they're gonna say, and basically that's the because. But if you ask that for vodka or gin or whatever else. There's a lot of new, new newcomers in, the, in, in those in those categories. So we saw an opportunity to have a cream that would take the taste of cremas, but would use uh, the culture to uh, attract more people, basically, and have our own cream, the same way we have our vodka and our rums, and uh, that identify to us. Because I saw a lot of men that like cream, but they say, oh, yeah, cream's a little bit girly, because when I go to the store and buy Bailey's, I don't feel right, you know? <laughs> But when you have a bottle like this, now uh, a guy can go to the to the liquor store and, and be proud to to take it and, uh, and and buy it, you know. So I want to go back to to how we get the recipe uh, for the kermas, because it, it, like in most West Indian families, uh, recipes don't get they, they get held on to for a while, right? Like my mom has this famous jerk chicken recipe that she refuses to pass on. Ho hopefully, I'll find it one day and and I'll be able to share it with my family. But um, I know your, your aunt actually found the recipe Ziploc somewhere in the house. You want, you want to tell us about this story, man? So, so basically, uh, when we started the journey, uh, like, again, like I said, you, you, grew, you, grew, uh, you, you realize that the recipe that you've seen your mom and your grandma do, you think nothing of it. But when you actually list all the ingredients, you know, like we wanted to see it being made from the ground up. So I asked my aunt to come to come to my house and and basically showed to me and Miriam like how she would do it. Oh man, we were not disappointed. Like she brought in all the ingredients and she she took out a Ziploc, uh, and basically that Ziploc was a piece of paper written, uh, that my grandmother wrote the recipe in, right? And they were passing that recipe from all my aunts like in the family basically, you know. And it was just funny to see that Ziploc with with the end writing on there was just like and she followed all the steps. And there you were uh, six hours later with yeah. a, a bottle of cremas in your hands. That's actually the bottle we use to bring to the laboratory in the States that were able to put the recipe of cremas in a commercial, a commercialized, you know, version of it, you know? So, all right. So let me ask you this, because that's interesting what you said as far as like, yeah, now that I'm thinking about it, there's a lot of um, competition in tequila. There's a lot of competition in cognac. There's a lot of competition in vodka but your niche so what, what what would it be called like what what's the sector of that what you guys are doing yeah it's it's actually cordials cordials so cordials gonna be your baileys your grand marnier it's gonna be your ls it's gonna be your rum chata so that's pretty much what it's gonna be okay. so those those kind of uh, drinks all right so you saw so you saw uh, the less the less crowded option, which is always a good bat, a, mm -hmm. a good business strategy. Mm -hmm. You don't want to run into traffic. You, you know, mm -hmm. it's less people playing in that field. You have the family recipe from mm -hmm. um, your family, 
that's mm-hmm. making it. So now you have that and you say, okay, but the, so, but like, what's the step that you took to actually turn it into a business and say, okay, now we're going to start making liquor. Like, I don't, do you need like a factory for that? Like, how, how does that work? So it's a, it's a lot of a contracting distillers, right? So what happens is that you become a partner with a, with a distiller and you have the recipe. So basically you create the recipe and then you can go see a distiller and they can basically bottle it for you, right? So you become a partner with that distiller because uh, as you may uh, know or, or, or not, it's not everybody that has the right to have a distillery or be a distributor for that fact, right? So there's a lot of laws that, um, you know, there's a some kind of gatekeepers in a sense, right? You know, so even if you have the money, you still need the proper paperwork and they might not even give it to you, you know? So some people in New, Jer- New Jersey know a lot about that where, where you know, not everybody can be have the license to have a liquor store and stuff like that. So it's still liquor, right? It's still controlled, mm-hmm. right? So, so yeah, so basically what I, what I mean is that when you think about it, some companies, they don't necessarily produce, like, for example, like a company that's based out of uh, Belgium, for example, and make cream. They're not necessarily going to um, make the cream in Belgium and ship it over here. They're going to take the recipe, mandate a company here, and do the same recipe here. That way, for the transport and for everything, it, it might be less expensive. So do you have to trademark the recipe? Yeah, so that's a decision that we t- took not to do it. It's simple because... It's the same thing as Pepsi and Coke, right? So uh, their recipe is the, their recipe. And basically, you can always, you know, put a little bit more sugar, a little bit more salt, a bit more this, a bit more that. And you can copy that recipe fairly easily. What we did, however, we did trademark the, the logo and the bottle. So LS Cream recipe can only be sold in that specific bottle. Okay. So, all right. So, like, rum punch and stuff is made with other liquor, right? Are you making liquor with other liquor or are you actually manufacturing liquor from like out of nowhere? Like, how does that work? Yeah, go ahead. No, no, go okay, ahead. Okay. So, yeah. So basically, yeah, we, we just, we, we purchased the, the liquor and uh, the, the, the alcohol in bulk. Right. So, and then we're able to ship it to our, our partners that help us with the cream. And then we, we mix everything together based on the recipe. And then we ship it to the bottling factory and then they're able to bottle. Okay. So, so you got the distiller and the bottling factory. What what type of cost are we talking for somebody who's, who would be trying to start that? Okay. So I mean, um, from you mean if you're starting, you need at least at least 150k. Okay. So well, what I mean, you said earlier, sorry about that. You said earlier that it was really hard to get into the liquor business. It's crazy how many barriers that we have to like open doors and you know force ourselves in and. We do understand why people don't necessarily go in that type of industry because, first of all, it requires capital, right? Uh, Steve and I were not necessarily, like, from that industry, so we had to do a lot of research on our side. We had to learn the process. And let me tell you guys that it's it wasn't easy, you know, but we pulled through, tried to, you know, get as much information as possible, and, you know, we were able to just go on step by step and uh, make a product that's actually sellable, you know? And the only thing I'm going to add, oh, sorry, Troy, you want to say something? Yeah. You go, you go okay, yeah. okay, because, um, uh, yeah, because what I want, uh, it's because of the minimums, right? So your, bo- so your, your bottle order is going to have a minimum of a container, for example. Your, uh, your cream maker is going to ask you for a minimum of uh, whatever amount of gallons, right? And that makes basically the, the, um, 
the amount, you know, like at the end, be a high amount, basically. That's basically the, the, the reason why it costs so much. It's, it's not because you have a lot of stuff to pay. It's because you have to pay four different entities a lot of money to be able to start because they're not going to deal with you if you say, oh, yeah, I just want to bottle uh, 10, 10 cases. You know, you're like, okay, see you, see, see you when you can do at least 1,000, you know, or like 2,000, you know. So, okay. So, like, for Rum Punch, let's say, like, if somebody wants to start a Rum Punch brand, right, and they're making it out of, like, a variety of, like, other liquor. Like, they might put Hennessy in it. They might put whatever, right? So, they put different liquors in it. So, now, you're buying those liquors at bulk. And is there is there ever a possibility of going straight to the source and not actually buying other liquor, but like, so like where Hennessy gets their liquor from, like in France or something like that, right? Is that ever, obviously that's a lot more money I'm assuming, but is that ever a possibility where it's like, you can just buy alcohol without any label on it, without it coming from a company? Like how, is that a possibility or no? Yeah, but but that's I, uh, so basically maybe I, I, I spoke too fast or so, but just to be straight, um, the liquor I'm talking about that we buy, the, the, the alcohol that we buy, it's pure, it's pure grain, neutral grain alcohol. So okay. it's, there's no label on there. Okay. Yeah. Right. Okay. So it's, it's, that's the reason why, uh, a lot of distillers right now, because of the pandemic, they were able to turn their distillery into making, uh, and sanitizers, right? Because the only difference between them and us is that they, they actually own the distillery and they can turn basically the ingredients into making something else. But it's still neutral grain alcohol that has no label on it, and you can just purchase for fun, you know. All right, so, 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 oh, so I, I just have a question. Yeah. So you, all right, that's interesting. That's what I wanted to know. That was interesting. Thank you for that. So you can actually buy alcohol, whether it's whatever kind of alcohol it is, yeah. but it's not no, it's, 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 it's it has no label on it, and you can yep. just buy that in bulk. Yep. And it's factory. Like where are those fat? Like where do you do that? At? Like there's just warehouses that just sell alcohol yeah i mean you have you have to do it through a third party obviously so for us it's our our, our cream maker that uh able to do that do that for us it's like the plug right <laughs> so, so 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 basically and 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 in the and in the, sorry in this industry that's the thing that you realize is that you need a plug you know you so that's the first thing you know like just to uh, uh, uh circle back to our story that's the first thing that we did. Actually, I did because, you know, we have a family and we need to be responsible. <laughs> but I was able to leave for a couple of weeks and I went to one of the biggest convention in, in, in Vegas, right? Where all the industry is there. And I was able to squeeze my, my way in because even if you're willing to pay top dollar, they're not going to let you in if somebody's not backing you. What's the name oh, of that? Yeah. What's the name of the convention? That, that was actually where I was going next. Yeah, the, the Las Vegas Spirit Tasting, right? What, what is it? The biggest uh, tasting conventions. What's what, what's the name right. of it? Spirits. WSWA. And that's actually where actually that convention we went back, and that's actually where we made a uh, LS Cream enter competition in the cream category, and we won actually the gold medal uh, in 2014. That was like the beginning of our mm -hmm. traction for the brand and, and so forth, you know. But all of that, we wouldn't learn if we would have not uh, went to that convention, you know, and, and seen the things that, we, that we've seen and, um, and, you know, shake the hands that we shook, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, so I, that, we, go ahead, Miriam. Yeah. No, I was going to say, once we actually won that medal, so that's when people, like, 
because we didn't even have one bottle on the shelves for sale yet. So we entered the competition, won the gold medal, and then we started getting calls from the SEQ, which is like the government-owned, um, well, government-owned uh, distributor in Quebec. Uh, so that's when he said, they called us and they were like, okay, well, we need to have some of that product. Uh, we heard that you're, you know, you're making noise over in the States. So let's see how we could get you in. And, you know, the SEQ is one of the hardest distributors to get into. Uh, so that really gave us like the stamp of approval for other distribution. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, so literally like those are my next two questions, the, the trip to <laughs> Vegas. And then the SAQ, because like when I Googled SAQ, the first thing that came up was Saquon Barkley. I was like, yo, come on, man. <laughs> like, so really the SAQ was like the Quebec Alcohol Corporation. Like they run what can be put out in alcohol shelves. Yeah, so for the people that know the verbiage, in, in, in the States, they call this a control state. Mm -hmm. So uh, you guys have Pennsylvania, for example, that's a control state. So basically the state buys the liquor, they put it in the stores, and then you go ahead and go buy it, right? I think Virginia is like this too. Um, and so that's why most uh, liquor companies are going to start in Florida, for example, because Florida is pretty open. So uh, the, anything you need is just money and time, and you'll be able to start selling your liquor uh, with the proper paperwork in Florida. But other states... Oh, can you, can, can you explain that? Because I wasn't, I wasn't aware of that. So in, in Pennsylvania... I guess they're Commonwealth states, right? So you said Pennsylvania and Virginia. So they, the, the, the state controls the liquor? Yeah, exactly. There's 13 control states in um, uh, in the state in the 50 states, uh, and basically Pennsylvania is one of them. I think Virginia is one of them. And the reason I don't know them by heart is simply because like they're so hard to get into. We're focused on the ones that we're in, which is <laughs> which is New York, which is uh, New Jersey, California, Florida, uh, and, and and you know those states are fairly easy to make. That that's where everybody starts, you know. And I mean, it's the biggest markets also. So yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you want to start in New York and, and Florida and, and Cali. <laughs> yeah. So, but before you could put it on the shelves, I know you guys ran into some issues with stabilizing the recipe. Can you talk mm -hmm. about what that process is like? Because I don't think people, I didn't even fully understand it until I read into it. You talk about the stabilizing and the importance of stabilizing a recipe. That's mm -hmm. that's a, such a good question. Thank you for asking that. Yeah, indeed, people don't know the work it goes into making a product stable, especially when you're dealing with cream dairy so yeah. so that's that's something that's really important for us because we don't want anyone to drink ls cream and have issues right so um and man, people don't need to worry really because everything that you see on the shelf in the states in a liquor store or restaurant or whatever is controlled by the federal government right so the entity is called the ttb if you go on the ttb website you will find all the information you need to be able to start legally a liquor in the United States, okay? And basically what happens is that, first of all, we, um, so again, let me circle back to the, to the story. Remember we told you that we had that bottle of cremant that my aunt did, right? So we took that bottle to the laboratory. So th what they're gonna do is that they're gonna take that full-blown recipe and they're gonna separate it to know how they can put it back together, but in a more, you know, professional way or commercialized, commercialized way, right? And also separate all the ingredients right. and the percentage so that every single bottle is the same, right? Once the, once they're able to do that, they basically come to you and they're like, Stevens, we can make that recipe, we can make the liquid blue, we can make it red, we can make it yellow, whatever color you want and so forth, right? But 
again, the thing that's really good right now with LS Cream is that we decided to go the, the route of everything needs to be natural, right? With that, we were able to make a kosher product and a gluten-free product also, which was really important to us, right? So once, once that's done, the, the, our partners at the creamery were able to send it to the government under a specific label for this project. And then the TTB takes six months to come back to us with a formula approval. Once you have the formula approval, you're able to bottle. But you need to also submit a label approval. That's going to take another six months. So that's where, like, everything that you see that, you know, um, when you hear about the government shutdown, that's where it affects people like us because they're the government that approves those things. So we had a government shutdown in 2014, so we had to wait a little bit more to get our label approvals and so, and so forth, right? So, uh, so yeah, so that's, so that's the entities that deal with that. And uh, maybe that gives you a better idea of, like, the time frame and mm -hmm. the steps that needs to be, to be done to be able to actually bottle. And also on our side, like, it was really important for us to keep, um, you know, a traditional type of cremas. Uh, people know cremas as being a bit, a bit thicker than LS is actually is. Uh, that's just because we can't have, like, a thick, you know, uh, product inside a bottle. And then when you drink it, you have to, like, to tap the bottom of your, your glass so that it falls down. So there was a lot of back and forth also to make sure that, you know, the product was perfect. It was had the right cons consistency. Um, so yeah, it's a lot, a lot of time that's, uh, you know, just going into, into back and forth with, uh, our partners. Yeah, man. I, I heard that, um, you know, number one, like when it's not stabilized, it, the liquor could go bad if it sits on the shelf past a long time. Exactly. But the other thing you found a pleasant surprise, you guys, your original recipe only had about 4% alcohol. They said, now nah, we got to <laughs> uptick that thing, right? Yeah. So basically, yeah. Everybody that drinks Kemas are like, oh my God, that's thing is strong. It's really strong. Nah, man. It's just... It's just a, it's, sugar. It's, it's just sugar, man. That's just a sugar rush, uh, you know. That ferments with the with the alcohol. It gives you that aspect that it's really strong, but it's not really. So so uh, so what we did with LS Cream, we elevated the alcohol content to seventeen percent, so that we can be on par with uh, with the other products in the in the category. Mm -hmm. Sorry, and basically making LS Cream one of the strongest, you know, in in the category because you know. We, we like our stuff strong and we know how we, how we are, but, uh, <laughs> but it's something really important. And also, I want to piggyback on what Miriam said. You know, the, the consistency of, a, of cremas is usually thick. But if you ask somebody, any Asian, they're like, oh, how do you drink your cremas? It's going gonna, gonna to say, oh, I put it on ice. You're going to say, why? Because I want it to be a little bit more liquid, mm -hmm. you know? So that's the first thing that people do. So actually doing a lot of market research and a lot of, you know, tastings and stuff like that with people with regular cremas before we had LS, that's what we realized. Um, people wanted it to be a little bit more liquid because it didn't, it wasn't fun to drink mm -hmm. that way. So, so, so thick. And they wanted to, uh, there was a lot of res residues with uh, the original recipe because of the, of the sugar the and, and the coconut and the condensed milk. So when you finish drinking, you look at your glass and you see all that residue on the, on the on the on the side of your glass it's not really appealing right so that's the things that we were, we wanted to fix you know sort of in terms of making a, a cream liquor inspired by cremas that's how we we, we different ourselves you know no that's dope so that's a lot that's a lot of information so in the next segment we're going to go into 
day-to-day operations and actually, you know, the meat and potatoes of how you're running this operation. So, yeah. All right. So, um, yeah, so we're going to go into some, some meat and potatoes. But before we start, we got to um, salute the fact. First, is power couple. I love I love to do episodes with couples. That's always all our couple episodes do so well. Yeah, so it's so <laughs> it's always inspiring for me to you know see couples. So salute to you guys. But then also you're in an industry like every industry, um, where it's predominantly run by you know people that don't look like us. Not black owned companies. There's not a lot of black owned spirits companies. There's a lot of black ambassadors for mm-hmm. spirits companies and, and black endorsers of other spirits companies. But there's not a lot of black owned spirit company so how has that been as far as um you know ha- hurdles and things of that nature um i don't know how it is in in canada but you know racism is everywhere all over the world yeah, so that's the pandemic that we're not talking about yeah that's 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 never gonna stop so how has that been as far as your journey being a black owned um spirits brand yeah i think that in in uh, quebec here uh we were really lucky to have like you know, the support of the Haitian community, the Caribbean community, and, you know, the multicultural community in general. So, I mean, yes, there were some hurdles, but I think that one thing that we want to, you know, have people take away from this conversation is really, like, we need to get educated, right? We need to, especially in, in the uh, alcohol industry, we know how our community loves their alcohol, right? Like, everyone loves to drink, um, but it's like, when you guys go to the, the, the liquor store next door, you know, make sure that you, you grab your bottle of wine. Make sure that you ask, like, is this, uh, do, you, do you carry, let's say, the McBride Sisters, uh, which is a Black-owned brand? Do you carry, you want some rosé? Do you carry uh, La Fête Rosé, which is owned by, exactly, like a Black CEO? This is a premium liquor, a premium wine, a premium rosé. Comes from uh, Saint-Tropez. Like, this is really, like, very nice, you know, wine to drink. So people need to get educated. And every, after your work, I don't know, you want to unwind. Uh, normally people go for Bailey's. Well, now you know that Ellis Cream is black owned. So it's really like people need to get educated just to understand the impact that, um, you know, buying from black owned companies will do, will have on the community itself. So in general, um, that's really what we want you guys to take away in the audience. But at the same time, especially in the States, uh, it was really important for us to penetrate the, that market so that we, you know, open the doors and have a table where everyone that looked like us could actually join and, you know, be, be part of the journey. So that's really a mission that we really think we really want uh, to happen. And that's that's our mission, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So look, if I may. Go ahead. Yeah. I, I think I think it's it, it's funny because I love talking about this subject because. The love has been real, you know, as you guys said, as we all said, uh, starting a liquor business is not easy. And actually, because you have to do you have to please a lot of people, you have to please your distributor, you have to please the retailer and you have to please the customer. Right. So after you're able to make that sell into the store, you need to actually have people go in and buy in the product. Right. So in Quebec is uh, where we actually made a lot of sales. The reason is simple is because the ACQ they have um, they have a uh, four, they have 400 stores across Quebec, right? That are really beautiful stores, a lot of distribution. So we were able to have quantities going in there and sell out really fast, right? In different points across the, the whole province. So there was a lot of people 
a lot of white people that bought LS Cream, a lot. Mm. Because in Quebec, me and Miriam were seen as this couple, a, a Quebec-based couple that started a liquor. You know, that's the whole prerogative, right? So people see that we're black. So for white people, it's like, oh my God, this is so fun. This is the equivalency of what they want. People that assimilate, quote unquote, to their culture in a sense, you know? So they're go, gonna go ahead and support that. They're gonna be like, okay, this... This is the kind of black people, quote unquote, that we like to support, sort of, you know, and, and, and such. In the States, it's a completely different, like, um, uh, like a prerogative because um, over here, you guys are doing really well on the business aspect, you know. In Quebec, us, we're an, an anomaly, completely. Like, we're actually the only black-owned brand in the ACQ right now. The entire country. In, in sense, like, you know, like, that's totally minority-owned and so forth. Like, at least in the States, you can say there's a couple, you know? But, yeah, uh, I but, mean, but uh, there's also... there's also a prerogative uh, at the whole point. There's also a lot more people in the States, too. So I don't even yeah, know if we... Exactly. I, don't, I don't even know if we're doing... I don't know if we're doing that much better because yeah. it's like outside of, you know, shout out to Hove, 100% black-owned champagne with uh, Ace of Spades, but he's a billionaire. You know, that's different. Yeah. But I don't know too many. You named a few people I, I didn't, I, was, I wasn't aware of. Yeah, shout out oh, to Kenny Burns. Shout out to boy yeah. Kenny Burns. Shout out to Kenny Burns. That's yeah. a story that everyone needs to go and research because it's amazing. I mean, um, you know, uh, what's her name? Fawn Weaver. Sorry about yeah. that. Fawn yep. Weaver, which is an amazing... African American uh, women. She's like, I don't know. I don't even have words to. to boss, I respect her. Boss. Yeah, boss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure. She's Shout the out. one that actually revealed the history, the story of Jack Daniels, the yeah. whiskey Jack Daniels, and she went on afterwards to open her own distillery, and now we have a black-owned, fully black-owned uh, whiskey. You know, so that's that's the type of things that we need to do so that we have more people um, on our table. So you got. I know y'all met in business school, right? And yeah. obviously you did the research into this. Were these the people that you were looking to as inspiration that, yo, I could, we could actually do this? My inspiration was Jay-Z. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. You don't say. <laughs> My inspiration was Jay-Z, like, at a young age. I mean, I had two major inspirations uh, on my side because I've I've been... she's she Miriam, is, she's not going to say it because she does a lot for the business, but I'm basically the whirlwind in a life that just took it in. Yeah. But but I've been I've been on the business side since I was six years old, so so like I was doing comic books and and selling them to the, the people in my class and stuff like that. But to to be honest with you guys, like listening to Tupac uh, made me stay in school and like you know just and then listening to Jay Z was more like okay this is what we need to do right you know that the inspire to to have an empire, but not, just have a business mind, you know? Shout out to Hove, the, 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 the blueprint. Sure, sure. Sure. But let me, let, me, let, me, let me ask you this. As far as, so with the liquor, right? Manufacturing it. How do you make this stuff? Because it's like, shout out to Chef Calvin, but he was making it in his, he still makes it manually. Yeah, but you guys, you guys, I'm assuming, have an operation. So how's that? You got like a warehouse? You got workers? Like what's, what's the process of actually making the liquor? Yeah. So... Um, the process is is that um, once the the cream leaves the facility, okay, um, it goes to the bottler, okay, and then at the bottling factory uh, at the at the at the bottler, uh, everything gets bottled the the, the capsule. So you need to have the bottle, you need to have the capsule, you need to put them together. You have to put the liquid inside and then put it together, right? 
we're fortunate because uh, our bottle LS Cream is custom made. I mean, it, it costs a little bit more to have a, a custom made bottle, but our labeling, it's already printed on the bottle, right? So we don't need to apply labels. So that would be another endeavor, another step to do. But uh, regardless of this, once everything is bottled and ready to ship, we actually ship to our warehouse. Uh, we have one warehouse in, in, in Miami, another one in um, New Jersey, and the other one in California. Now, when I say that we have a warehouse, it's, it's not exactly that. You need to have an approved warehouse where you can share with other liquor brands, right? So um, one closest to you guys in New York is called Western Carriers. People that are interested in into liquor can look into it. Western Carriers, I think, is the side of 15 football fields, okay? Huge. And it's completely huge. And inside this warehouse, you have a, div you have a section that is also um, on unbonded territory, which means that you actually have Border Patrol agents within that factory that protects product that are not tax paid yet, right? So it's a whole different image of what people think of the simple warehouse with the door that just closes. No, it's highly secured, highly, uh, um, a lot of companies use it. So you go in there, you have like maybe a million brands in there and, with, and, we're, and we're there. So I remember the first time I went there, they took us in and we took a Jeep and we drove for like 15 minutes to get to our stuff. So it's like a, it's like a storage facility. Yeah, exactly. It's a storage facility mm -hmm. for alcohol. So so your bottles are getting uh, put in cases. How many bottles in a case for y'all? 12. 12 bottles in a case. So after they leave that, now they're getting distributed to different retailers. And are, do you own the trucking? What is that process like? You financing it? What, what are we doing? Yeah. So for, for, for the deliveries, it's pretty simple. You have to have... Um, um, uh, so, for example, for New York, we have a, um, uh, a solicitor, right? You need to apply for to have a solicitor, which needs to have a, li a, a valid driving license from New York. So you're able to take your truck and you're able to go pick up merchandise and deliver it to uh, to retailers, right? We partnered with a, also a back office company that uh, help us get all of that paperwork done legally, right? So it's sort of like our lawyer, or, or it's like a lawyer company like that helps us be able to, to get the legal paperwork. And we do that also for the same thing for Florida. That makes us able to take the product from the warehouse and deliver it to the retailers that are interested in the product. So how many, how many states are you in, in America? So uh, brick and mortar, we're in Florida. So you, if, if you're for Florida today, you can look on the website and you'll be able to find at least 50 stores where we um, that we sell the product at because we just got into Total Wines, which is like a big a big brand over there, right? So so that's one thing. But online, we're available in 33 states, so people in 33 states can uh, order. So California, Illinois, New Jersey, Massachusetts, and and so forth. So yeah. most 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 of the distribution is coming via online. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So exactly. that's one. Actually, that's one of the you know, the, the point that we want to reach in 2020 is to have distribution, to be able to exactly be able to just have one distributor that will himself go into the stores and put our product in because by ourselves, it's really, it's not the, the easiest thing, especially in, uh, in New York. So you said that um, you have uh, brick and mortar, right? What, yep. What's the difference between the on-premise and off-premise locations? 
So on-premise is the restaurants and bars. Off-premise is going to be the retailers. So that's why, like, the articles that have been coming out because of the pandemic uh, is going gonna, is gonna to be uh, more in the sense that uh, off-premise, I've seen a spike in sales because uh, all the restaurants were closed, right? So, so that's what you're going to see. But also, I, I wanted to point out that sort of what we were talking about, that not a, not a lot of people that look like us in this industry, uh, distribution is a boys club, right? So right now, what's happening is that, give you an example. The best example I use is uh, Massachusetts, okay? There's a big community of African-American in Boston, and specifically Asians in Boston, that want to have the product and would like to go into the store and get the product. Well, it doesn't matter what's the demand. There's three distributors in, in, in Massachusetts that have the right to distribute. And if they don't like LS Cream, we cannot sell in a brick and mortar over there. Right? And every state have their own laws specific to those distributors. Right? Other, other states, they have 100 distributors. Other, other states, they have one. That are the control states. Mm -hmm. Right? So... So if people are wondering, oh, that's uh, th that's hard. Why can I not find a product in in Texas? Well, you know, it's 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 the same thing. It's you need to go over there. You need to sell your product to the distributor, and they have the fate of the of your product in your hands. You know, so mm -hmm. and some of them they don't even care what your sales. You know, like it's just a question of if they already have Bailey's, why why bother? And I mean, just to to, to continue on that, it's. The fact also that if we go into a state, um, let's say we wanted to, to be in the public, in public stores, okay, at the grocery store. Well, if we don't uh, do business with it's one specific. a specific type of distributor, then they won't even look at us. So it's really like there's so many uh, barriers that have to, you know, we have to, we have to, to break them. Um, we're not saying that we're not able to do that. I think it's just a lot of work. And again, we just need to have more people um, that look like us, that understand the culture, that understand that we're not necessarily trying to take the place of Bailey's because I don't think that Bailey's cater to, caters necessarily to the demographic that we cater, cater to. And it's not the same taste. It, it doesn't not, taste at all. It's not the same taste at all. And it's more like a multicultural demographic that we're, we're targeting, right? So... We need people, again, I keep on saying it because I really want to, to pass this message, but we need more people at the top levels of this distribution of these type of distribution companies so that we could have, uh, we could be uh, distributed and be in same stores that as at Bailey's or other uh, type of stores. So out of the 33 states that you're in, right, we won't include the other, the 17 that you're not, which ones have had the toughest, I know you mentioned Virginia and Pennsylvania, which ones have had some of the You've had some real issues getting like it would be tough for somebody who's trying to, to, to distribute in. I mean, if you mean in bro brick and mortars again, like Massachusetts is one of them. Um, and after that, Georgia is one of them because Georgia, you don't have the right to do tastings. Right. So what's going to happen is that you're going to do a pitch to a distributor, but he's going to say, OK, but you need, you need to invest this amount of dollars in, in into the, 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 the into the marketing or else we're not going to take you in. And then they're going to throw out an uh, egregious number, you know, out you that, you know, they know that for a startup, you can't, it doesn't make any sense, you know? So, so they're basically, even when they buy the product, they lowball you into like, you know, in, in, in a way, we, we, we have no support. And in, in, in that's simple. It's simple as that. It's simple as that. So everything that you see is that some people are able to do it, 
but we want to create our own distribution, uh, our own di distribution, so that we we don't need to rely on those people to like us to be able to take in our product. That that's that's the end game. So so let me ask you this, because marketing is the is the key to any business success. So um, how how do you guys market? Because especially with liquor, we we've seen marketing you know, through social media, but mainly what's really helped these brands has been artists, rappers. And music. And, and America, yeah. yeah, and musicians have really pushed the needle. If you look at a brand like Ciroc, if you look mm -hmm. at Hypnotic, and all, a lot of episodes that we've done, uh, once again, shout out to Nick Storm, but Hennessy, once artists start to champion these brands, even going back to Cristal, Champagne. Mm. Uh, yeah, if anybody's not familiar with the Cristal Champagne situation, Cristal was a, a, a champagne brand for years before before any rapper started to champion it. And it was like, you know, it was a decent sized company. But then when, uh, rest in peace, Notorious B.I.G., mm -hmm. when he started rapping about Cristal and the gold bottles, and then Jay just kind of took it to the next level. And then every rapper... In the in the Man, late nineties, early two thousands, they had a, a Cristal bottle and their their business skyrocketed like a thousand percent um in a few years and it was directly related to hip hop. And then they asked the CEO of the company, you know, how he felt about rappers endorsing the products and he's like, I never asked these people to endorse anything. <laughs> he's like, I think that they should they should drink what um Don Perignon or something like that. Don P. He he said yeah, they should they should drink another champagne. Like we don't really want that that kind of image for our brand. So <laughs> I say all that to say, you know, <laughs> it's unfortunate, but you know, we have a, a, a very large cultural influence yeah. and a lot of times mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's used for the, for the wrong company, for the wrong people. So what kind of marketing have, have you guys done and have you used influencers, whether it's musicians or athletes? I saw you got a heavyweight, a, a boxer, um, that, um, yeah, man. yeah, there's a lot of boxers in, in Montreal. Yeah. Um. What's the what's the what's the yeah, Charles Pascal. Yeah. So yeah, what kind of what's your marketing? What's your marketing plan? Yeah, exactly what you said. Influencers, uh, linking up with artists. That's pretty. That's the pretty much the goal. But again, I I think we we don't want to go too fast because we could ink uh, a huge artist right now. It's not gonna do us any good because we're not everywhere yet. We want to be so that people can actually turn around and go get the product. Right now, we're still in the phase where we're using social media platforms, social media ads to let the people know about the product, and it's been working. Just because of COVID, we flipped around, focused on internet sales, and it, and it works, you know? So people are buying the product, and that's a rare feat because when you think about it, buying alcohol online, not everybody you know around you do that, right? So we've been able to, to, to sell a lot of bottles uh, since the beginning of this pandemic, and people be responding greatly to it, you know, buying two, three, four, even some people buying cases, mm -hmm. you know. So that's that's something that's really for us focused on, and we're gonna partner up with the right people when the time is right, because we want to leverage that distributor and in, in, in just of that of that artist, so that everything works together and we can have a proper quote unquote launch, you know. And I think that's one of the main reasons why we, we know that there's something there with Alice Cream. Um, we've done most of the marketing is was like from mouth to ear. Um, most of our, our first uh, orders from the SEQ and also like in, uh, in New York and the States, uh, they were sold out, right? And that was with no, net, no big marketing campaigns. It was really like, okay, there's this young black couple 
they're Haitian. I heard like the bottle is really nice. They're 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 uh, they're commercializing chemas. What is it? Like it was strictly from word of mouth. So we know that there's something there. That's what we keep on pushing. And like Stephen said, I think that when the right partner will come in, um, that's when we're just gonna go ahead and uh, and reach for the stars. Dope. So. Another question that I have is that it sounds like this costs a lot, like to, to manufacture it and to, to have warehouses and distribute and all of that. So what's the profit margin? Because I'm assuming a bottle can't, how much is your bottle? How much? So it's, it's right now it's a, I mean, it depends on the state, right? So if you go online, you'll be able to find it at between $17 to around $23. It depends on the state, right? Uh, same thing as uh, if you go into retail. Yeah, so is it is it profit like is that is it like thin thin profit margins in the liquor business? No, it sounds it's actually like actually good profits. So it's actually a, a, a big margin. So we're talking about around uh, in between forty to sixty five percent. Okay, that's pretty yeah. good. I just sound like a lot because boy, that's a good profit margin 50 percent, sixty percent. Yeah, I don't so, know. All right. Yeah, I was gonna say that the initial investment is a lot. Yeah. Right. But after that, if you keep at it, you can recoup pretty fast what you invested. Are, are you finding it that the your target audience, like the West Indies, uh, you're finding that the, the cities that have large populations of people from the West Indies, that's where your number one uh, uh, audiences are? Yeah, 100%. 100%. I think, I think what we're doing with LS is that we're using the culture to, we're, we're piggybacking up the culture to present LS as a cool, cream as an alternative so basically the 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 proposition is if first first proposition is if you use to drink cream liquor or cream liquor switch uh, switch to ls cream right so that's our first proposition so and then afterwards we're able to say okay we've won these medals the product is gluten-free kosher of natural ingredients now we can go tackle other types of demographics still using the 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 culture as something like we're just using this to be different aspect an alternative on the shelf you know that's how we got into total wines and it's good yeah what, what's the reaction like when y'all when y'all visit haiti or, or have you heard the feedback in haiti when they hear like your story well i mean no, I, I can say it. because i i was able to go okay i'm not gonna i'm gonna let <laughs> don't her put say, me out don't put me out i'm not gonna don't put me out, just say i was able to go to 80 because you know 80 has been unstable for a couple of years you know but i went to the for the first time in 2014 after we won the gold medal so there was actually news outlets over there newspapers and uh, tv networks that wanted to interview me to talk about uh you know our success with the brand right so the because it was the first time that they heard that somebody was making a professional professional uh, version of Kemas, right? So uh, it was really dope. So the, the reception over there was amazing. Like I, it was my first time going back to, uh, going to Haiti uh, and I went back two times after and it was like, listen, people have no idea what they're missing if they, they've never been. We got the stamp of approval, but at the same time, you know, the older generation, they're like, Mm, this is not cremas as I know it. Like, it doesn't taste, you know, like your grandmother used to do it because of what we said uh, for the process that we need to, to stabilize, stabilize the, uh, the recipe and all of that. So, but still, I think we got the, uh, the, the stamp of approval from, uh, from the community. How is, how, is, how is the situation in Haiti right now? I mean, uh, yeah, we see so many things on the news and uh, 
it looks pretty discouraging to be honest. Um, yeah. so like what's the, what's the, cause there's a lot of Haitians that, um, live in New York. There's a lot of Haitians that live in Miami. Shout out to my guy, Mike G. He's somebody actually, I'm gonna introduce you to. I'll talk, I'll talk oh, to you about off camera. About, yeah, that's, that's yeah, that connect, is. Bro. Um, so yeah, how is it, how is it, how, what, what's the, is, yeah, I just want to know what, what, what's going on out there. I think, uh, Haiti is, uh, you know they're they're struggling over there and um it's i don't think it's easy one thing after the other keeps on coming we have the earthquake we have uh the the these what i don't the yeah, uh, hurricanes the hurricanes that come in and out uh and then covid right so it's not going too well um i think every time that they're trying to get back on their feet something else comes in but that's why we want also to partner up with organizations such as we're we're, we're starting conversations with um, Hope Hope for Haiti, which is a big organization that does a lot of things in uh, in Haiti, so that we could also you know try to help contribute. and contribute to, to to what's going on over there. So whether it is for masks or uh, you know, just give us support. So we're trying to figure out something with them to to see uh, how we can help. All right, yeah. Once again, salute to Haiti. So, all right, in the last segment, we're gonna bring it home. We're gonna talk about the scaling model moving forward, and uh, I think we're gonna do a tasting as well. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's let's, let's do, do it. it. Let's do it. All right. So, we're gonna start this segment off with a first time ever earn your leisure situation. <laughs> we're gonna do a taste testing. Now, this is a hundred percent organic. We have not tasted the product nah. yet. Um, they sent us a few bottles, but we didn't get a bottle's chance. Still yeah, frozen. They thought the, it was... that's a fact. The bottle's frozen. You can see the bottle's frozen. It was in my freezer. Yeah, we oh, have not okay. we have not got a chance to sample the product yet, so we doing this direct. We doing straight online. Yeah, let's go. And, and um, yeah, you know we gonna do it. This is uh, like I said, we don't. We did it's a first. A first, yeah. Shout out to Al Harrington. We did his uh, his company. <laughs> I don't smoke, so I didn't sample any. Have the info to sample. I didn't sample any of his edibles. <laughs> I don't smoke. <laughs> um, I barely drank. I hope my parents aren't watching this. I hope mine's off. So, um, but you know, <laughs> on occasion, on, on special occasions, I'll, I'll cheers. So, cheers. 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 cheers, guys. Thank you again. Nah, that's elite. That's elite. I like that. That's elite. I like this. Drink champs. This turned into this turned into drink champ. Oh, we're about to get loose in here. It's about to get loose in here. Let's do it. No, nah, that's that's elite. That's, I like that. Nah, I like that. That's a, that's a nice like a it's like a coffee blend. Like yo, it's it's dope. My wife said we're gonna put that on our French toast tomorrow. Nah, this 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 a vibe. She said don't yes. finish. She said don't finish it all. I said all right. Oh yeah, French toast. This a vibe. <laughs> I'm not gonna sit here and hold you. This this a vibe. I liked it. I like it. So talking about Canada. All right. So. Are you guys more focused on growing the business in America or are you more focused on growing the business in Canada or is it a combination of both? It's a combination of both, but uh, Canada is uh, 35 million people. Uh, United States is 350 million people. So of course, like any logical businessman would say like the US, I mean, we, we, the goal was always to to make it in the U.S. and that's what we're on the stride to do. Uh, Canada was just, uh, uh, I mean, Quebec specifically uh, was just, uh, you know, like a some kind of a detour, if you may, because again, liquor boards are really hard to get into, and we got really lucky because the buzz we were making in the states. So now this is a story, right? So mm -hmm. a couple from Canada, from Montreal that starts a liquor needs to start in the States 
because it's so hard to get in their own home, you know, to get in. Because over there, you talk about a boys club, it's basically media pressure that put the product on the shelf over here, right? So, 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 yeah. So basically, our goal was always the U.S. Always, always, always. So yeah. But we're still grateful. A hundred percent. To have had the opportunity to, to have our products at home and on the shelves of uh, yeah, BSQ. Yeah. Are we thinking about? I know the United States is obviously international for you guys, but what about you know across the pond? You know, there's a large West Indian population in the UK, specifically London. Yeah. Um, Africa as a continent. Um, you know, I think seeing something like this would be aspirational and could be beneficial. Yeah. Is that something you guys are looking forward to as well? A hundred percent. France, UK, a lot of conversations, but we don't want to uh, stretch ourselves too thin. So uh, we have a couple of uh, key milestones that we want to yeah. that we want to achieve in the states before we even consider shipping abroad. So, in just in terms of logistics, um, we don't think that we're ready to do that unless something major would would fall fall on our lap. Distribution again. But in terms of scaling the business properly. Uh, we think we we need to achieve those milestones to be able to uh, uh, to, to to be able to to target the the UK and France. So okay, are are you guys all right? So as far as the provinces, are you able to do business in um, Toronto, which is Ontario? Ontario? Are you, you, is no. the same thing. So you know what? It was actually the the ACQ and LCBO are pretty similar in the way they they run their business. So it's a one strike you're out kind of uh, mentality over there. So we knew going to the ACQ, which is in Quebec, our, our home, that we were going to be a success, right? And we were right. So first order sold out, second order sold out, and 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 so more. So 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 until right now, where the product is in a large majority of the stores, and now we're just people are buying, it's selling out, but they can reorder at the same time from their warehouse. LCBO, if we go in there and we're not able to, uh, um, how can I say this, do the home run from the beginning, they're not going to reorder afterwards, you know? So so we, we know that uh, Ontario, they, they like a lot what's going on in the States. So we're making it a success in the States before going to Ontario. So the same way Ciroc did, right? So Ciroc made it a success here, and then they went to Ontario, and then boom. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, if you're interested... Hopefully this time next year everything will clear up. We have a pop up shop in Carabana, mm -hmm. EYL, oh. EYL. We were supposed we'll, to be there. We'll have we'll have LS as the official liquor sponsor, Absolutely. and that that that'll be crazy. That'll be a whole vibe. A lot of people are disappointed about uh, Carabana Carabana being canceled this year, right? Yeah. Oh, my heart's broken. Yeah. My heart is broken. Yeah, for sure. For sure. For but sure. Don't worry, you guys. Like we can, we we're we're legitimately uh, we're we're happy that we can do business in Canada because the fact that we're in the ACQ, there's ways for us to be able to send the liquor over there, even if it would not be on the shelf yet. For example, mm -hmm. there's still ways to to put it on the shelf a hundred percent. Like we could do tastings and stuff like that, even if. Uh, uh, it's not in, in all the stores in the LCBO. We could have one store have it and stuff like that. So each province has its own uh, alcohol corporation, like so British Columbia, Nova Scotia. They all have yeah. their own. Yep. So you yep. have to go through exactly. this process yep. for each one. Yep, exactly. And yep. Vancou Vancouver too. British what? Columbia. That's British Columbia. Yep. Shout yep. out to Vancouver. We got some some love out of there too. So, all right. So this is interesting too because how has business been during this pandemic? Because I was in 
Brooklyn. Shout out to BK. That's our biggest market in Number the one. in the world. Yeah. Um, which also has a lot of Haitians in Brooklyn, a lot of West Indians. Everybody in Brooklyn is West, West Indian. More Jamaicans in Brooklyn than actually Jamaica. Yeah. <laughs> Big fat. Yeah. Wow. Brooklyn is 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 heavy. Um, so when I was in Brooklyn, like right right around the start of this, the, the lockdown, we in New York. So if you if you're not familiar, New York, we're still on lockdown. I don't know when this will come out, but yeah. we yeah. we'll probably still be on lockdown. And um, it's like one of the strictest in, in the world because we have one of the worst. I think it is the worst in the worst. world um, as far as Corona is concerned. But only a few businesses are are left open, which they deemed as essential businesses. Liquor stores have been left we open. Laughed at that. We laughed at yeah. that. Yeah. Like, Yo, really? Yeah. Liquor stores have been left open at their essential businesses. And um, I went to the liquor store like right before that announcement was made, like early in March. And um, I was in the liquor store in in Brooklyn, and um, the guy was saying that they did New Year's numbers for the last two days. Like they was doing like the the store usually does like three thousand dollars a day. They did eighteen thousand dollars, and he was saying that um, business was booming. So what I realized is that I guess the reason why they they deem these liquor stores essential is because people need some kind of outlet to you know. Yeah. To, to get away from from like staying inside all day. So, has your how has business been for you during this pandemic? It's been great. So basically, we saw um, an influx of sales in all the stores in Florida uh, and online. So so basically, uh, if you compare it to last year, like it's a no brainer. But I think it's just a question of people making um, reserves, right? So because they don't know what's going to happen. They say, hey, if I get stuck home, I want my liquor with me. The same way they want their toilet paper. So, like... <laughs> You've been watching our news. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, they, they, they really see it the same way. So, it's going to be it's gonna be liquor and toilet paper for them, and they're going to be good. I, I mean, like, there's a lot of people that are seeing um, this pandemic. You know, it's, it's, it's hard on everyone. It, it is still hard on us, even though we were able to pivot. Um... But I mean, I think it's also a, 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 a type of blessing, okay? A type of blessing just because, I, you know, we were able to, like, focus, refocus, reshift, um, you know, do a lot of PR, get in contact with people, things that we necessarily don't have time usually to do. So at the same time, yes, it's a hard time for, for all of us, but I think that we just have to change a bit our mindset and try to take out the positive out of all of that. Yeah, one one of the things that um, I read about and, and I, you know I admire is uh, the fact that you guys are doing mentorship and internship programs, correct? Yeah. Because it's it's not good enough that you make it; it's also good, you know, that you pave a way for somebody else to make it. And that was kind of what yep. we were rooted in. Was we actually were founded in an internship program, having kids come and tell us about their future aspirations, and then going out and yep. finding it. You want to talk about the internship programs and mentorship programs that you guys are part of? Yeah. So basically, what what we did is that we did um, uh, we did an interview where we spoke about the internship and basically what we wanted to do is that we're simply uh, gathering um, people that sent us the resumes basically and we're based at at well it was a little bit prior to COVID right but we're still getting the resumes and we're we're gonna contact them we're gonna do basically interviews with them and see the which one that that fit the the most and. Some of them are gonna gonna come on the on on the boat basically with us, and they're they're gonna see the 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 rise and grind of uh, of the liquor business, you know. And we just want to be models in the community over here in Montreal and be able to uh, 
to 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 help people that are in need because we we have those emails and those DMs. We have them. And I mean, like we've been going to schools, also talking to to the youth. You know, um, you know, just sharing our story. Uh, so that's been a, a really good thing as well. So yeah. And the thing is also, I just want to add, like, you know, it's I think it's a, a a business again that is really difficult to be into, and there was not necessarily any doors that were open for us. Um, we're we're doing this, we're bu building this from the ground up. And I think that it's our responsibility after that we break all these doors that after that we take on people, you know, under our wings and actually help them uh, to, to, to go into that business. So uh, it's really we're, we're doing it for generational, generational wealth, wealth. We're doing it for the black community, for the multicultural community, whoever. But I mean, it's uh, it's something that's really, really important for us. So let me ask you this as far as like um, we had a vending machine episode. And that's one of our biggest episodes. Yeah. Shout out to Kashif, good guy. And, um, you know, I asked him, like, you know, with vending machines, it's like, I'm like, do you ever feel like you have a certain responsibility? Because, like, childhood obesity is crazy right now. And it's like, you know, you got a lot of sugar candy. And he was saying, like, you know, he tries to mix some healthy items in there. So I say that to say, liquor is legal, and everybody has a right to drink liquor. Um, but also, obviously, you know, it has some some a lot of negative side effects if if done too much. Anything done in too in excess, yeah. it's yeah. gonna be harmful. Yeah. But you know, it's had some some really negative side effects, especially in our community. So, do you have an initiative, or do you do you think it's it's um, up to you guys to like you know kind of help people understand to you know drink responsibly and to you know how have you do you think about that at all or? Yeah, I mean, me personally, I think about it a lot. Um, I think it's really important that also we realize that it's more of a question of, uh, like you said, it is legal. Um, um, but at the same time, we can just add to whatever's being done right now. And inside of our community, I mean, we know that uh, we're not pushing ads uh, to children. You know, we're not making the, you know, or, or making it accessible to people that are underage or, 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 or so forth. I mean, that's where... Our partners also, you know, like we know that if we partner with the SAQ, they're not going to sell to to minors or so, or, or so forth, right? Mm -hmm. You know, so we feel comfortable with that. And in terms of the initiative, of course, if, I mean, if if we talk to school, we're going to talk about entrepreneurship. We're not going to talk about the joy of drinking liquor, you know. <laughs> so so it's, it's uh, legal it's, age is eighteen in, in Quebec, right? Huh? I said legal age is 18 in Quebec, right? Yeah, yeah it is. It is, right. it is. It is. That's why we get a lot of Americans. <laughs> they, come, they come down over here. <laughs> but yeah, but I, but I mean, it, it is something that we think about. And but again, I mean, anything can be deemed, you know, problematic at some point. It's just like maybe except water, I guess. But I, I, th yeah. I, th I think moderate. I think I think moderation is the key. I think moderation is the key, and you have to, you know. Um, understand that, you know, anything can be harmful if you do it too much and excessive. Yeah, moderation, yeah. So, yeah, you know, just wanted to put that out there because um, alcohol, alcoholism is, is, is a real thing and a lot of people suffer from alcoholism. So, you know, it's, it's, it's one of these things where, like, you know, like I said, I drink. I'm not a heavy drinker. But um, I do enjoy it every once in a while. But I just think that, you know, as long as it's done tastefully, it's drink done classfully, drink, drink responsibly, act accordingly. That's, That's the model. model. That's a fact. <laughs> really quick. Um, I, I know you said that, you know, business is doing good. The online presence, was that something that you built post-corona or had that been developed pre-corona, right? Because I know that's something that you're doing right now with well, a lot of your, the uh, stores being closed. Well, not closed, but 
uh, it changing with Corona? It, your online presence was already something that you had built. So the online the online presence ramp up. No lie, a hundred percent. I mean, I'm 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 more in front of my screen than I was ever before producing content for you know to to help us uh, you know expand our brand. So it's uh, definitely a hundred percent. It it ramp up. So we we had a good online presence before, but right now what we're doing, what we plan to do, like. But it's fun because even when things are going to open up more, we're still going to keep that same online presence. So like COVID was like a blessing in disguise in, in, in multiple facets of the business. Yeah. I, I know you got the podcast going. <laughs> there you go. You, you know, you guys are coming at the podcast. <laughs> I saw, I saw, I yeah. saw y'all on the podcast. Let's yeah, do it. Yeah, for sure. So. And I mean, like when we're talking about the stores, uh, we, we mentioned that we were, uh, we just got into Total Wines, a few stores um, in, in Florida. Um, the thing is now, since we're not able to cross the border, we're not able to do tastings, you know, so it's, uh, we had to find another way to put our bottles out. So even like with Total Wines now in Florida, you could directly order through Instacart. So that's a way that people could still get their bottles delivered right to their doorstep. And yeah. Instacart is really cool. Like we didn't even know about it before COVID. Like COVID forced us to know about Instacart. Yeah. Like, There's another thing, and I just found it when I was doing the research for you guys, was Spirit Network. It's actually, like I said, it's like a uh, home shopping network for just the right. spirits industry. So what it mm. does is like you're allowed to create content, almost like commercials or ads that can be like five to seven minutes, and it only goes on there, and people can literally shop from their TV to buy. Yeah, um, out. So like that's like a, a really, so yeah, it's a really creative way. Hopefully you guys can be on there and hopefully the yep. sales go up even further. Yeah, Amazon's getting to the liquor industry as well. So that's yeah. something that that's something to pay attention to. Amazon. And yeah, I didn't I didn't know about um the delivery the, the delivery liquor service either until um somebody introduced it to me during COVID nineteen. A friend of mine was telling me about it and I'm like, Oh, that's crazy. Like, I didn't know that they deliver liquor. But apparently individual drinks too. Oh yeah? yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. Apparently, it's, it's, it's yeah, yeah. Restaurants were doing that for a while. So yeah, I tell people all the time: if you don't have a if you don't have a way to get money online, you don't really have a business. So this is a perfect example of that, where you can't just rely on the mom and pop liquor stores. And like you said, there's so much politics and stuff like that. Anyway, that is probably even harder. But before we wrap this up, I actually had a question about that. If you are in a mom and pop store, how did they buy that on consignment? Like those cases on consignment, or they just no, buy it? They just a, buy it. I mean, every state have their own laws in terms of when they need to pay. Uh, so for, uh, so some, some states it's 10 days, other states it's 30 days and same thing for distributors, right? So most distributors is going to be 30 days, but again, that's every state have their own rules about that. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's really complicated. Every state, like, for example, like Vegas, it's hyper complicated when you want to ship liquor over there. So just do the test, go to, go to your postal office, your local postal office, have a bottle of of, uh, of liquor and tell them to ship it to another state. See what happens. <laughs> Guys, well, we got ours. It's, 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 been, it's, it's been a pleasure. Um, we got to come up there for the Formula One race. Ooh. I've been wanting to do that for a long time. That's a that's a vibe. 2021, guys. Yeah, 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 Formula One race. So, yeah, we got to do something together in Canada. But before we wrap this up, how can you? How can the people contact you? How can they purchase LS um, social media? All that information. Okay. Well, first of all, they can go on the website creamls.com. So creamls.com. You have uh, all the story there, all the links to buy. 
you can choose your state, you can choose your city, like in terms of uh, uh, to uh, find, sorry, to find a store like in Florida. So that's the first thing. Also on social media, on Instagram, LS Cream Liqueur. So it's like a French twist on it. So, uh, so, but if you write LS Cream, you'll be able to find it on Instagram. We're also on Facebook and Twitter uh, with the same handles. Uh, so uh, yeah, that's pretty much the gist of it, I guess. Yep. Troy, housekeeping items? Yeah, shout out to this LS Cream, though. This is really good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, everybody on Patreon.com, uh, thank you for, for supporting us for the duration of Earn Your Leisure, man. You, you, our patrons have been amazing. We got a new patron at Tier 5, uh, Narik, or Narik. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. Um, she joined uh, She joined at Tier 5, so we're happy to have you. Obviously, you know that being a Tier 4 or 5 member on Patreon gives you access to EYL University, our online school the number one online school for business and entrepreneurship. Um, and we have our private Facebook real estate group in there too that has been going crazy. Shout out to everybody that's been part of our, our book club and our movie club. That has been going crazy. The community has literally taken over our, our, our book club. So that that is, as a teacher, man, there's, there's no better reward than having the class actually facilitate the lesson. Um, so that that is amazing. And everybody that's been supporting our merch, orangeleisure.com, we really appreciate it. Uh, we got some new stuff out. We uh, recently just trademarked some things, so be on the lookout. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, shout out to EYLUniversity.com. It's one of the dopest platform, the dopest platform for educational learning. And shout out to all of our listeners, once again, all over the world. This yeah. is something that we're going to do a lot of. We're going to have interviews with people in Europe, in Africa, in Asia, yeah. Canada, South wait. America, all and of we that. We had it there. We had it to these places. Oh, we're going to physically go there up, too. Once, once this COVID situation is up, we definitely going to be in, in Canada. That's you know what we're going to shout out? Shout out to everybody on YouTube. Our YouTube support has been crazy. We went over 80,000 uh, uh, subscribers. And everybody that's been tuning into our, our YouTube show, Market Mondays. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to everybody. Yo, and check out, check out Market man. Mondays. That's our latest stock. Sh that's our new stock show on YouTube, exclusively yeah. on YouTube. Um, so, yeah. Thank you guys for rocking with us. We appreciate it. Thank we'll you. See, thank we'll you. See. We appreciate it. Seriously. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next week. Peace. Peace. Why pay more for a separate CoQ10 supplement? Enjoy twice the benefits with Superbeats Heart Choose Advanced from the number one doctor, pharmacist, and cardiologist recommended beet brand for heart health support. The new Superbeats Heart Choose Advanced by Human is now infused with CoQ10. That's essentially like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 ingredients support nitric oxide production, healthy blood pressure, healthy CoQ10 levels, and heart-healthy energy with two tasty chews a day. Plus, Superbeats Heart Chews Advance are plant-based, so you get heart-healthy energy without stimulants. For a limited time, get a free 30-day supply of Superbeats Heart Chews on all bundles and 15% off your first order by going to RadioBeats.com and using promo code DEAL. That's RadioBeats.com, code DEAL. With the McDonald's app, you can get your favorite thing delivered to your door. So if you were looking for a reason to skip washing those dishes you left in the sink, consider this a sign. Right now, get $0 delivery fee with any purchase of $15 or more, only in the app. At participating McDonald's, minimum purchase excludes tax and service fees. Delivery prices may be higher than in restaurants. Other fees may apply. Not valid with any other offer, discount, or coupon.